It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern upper peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host. Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on News Talk 1400. You can also hear our show online at Newstalk1400.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our News Talk 1400 studios just outside the city limits of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan on this Monday, April 4th, 2022. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We'll be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. And coming up on tonight's show, we'll be joined by co-host David McKeg Jr. at the bottom of the hour to get us up to date on all the goings-on in the North. Butch Davis, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, will also join us to talk about what is going on in the Metro Detroit region and around the state of Michigan, along with him sitting down with yours truly for our sports round table. But we have three guests to start the show, all from the Sioux Eagles. We'll be talking to Chase Teller and Sam Holy coming up as the Sioux Eagles start their playoffs this weekend against the Greater Sudbury Cubs. And joining us right now, we will be having the head coach of the Sioux Eagles of the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. Oh, we don't have Chase Teller. I got my guys confused here. Thank you, Doug. We have Hayden Daka. And Sam Holy, I, I told these guys if they don't have their numbers, I'm all screwed up. But we do know this guy, Doug LaProd, head coach of the Sioux Eagles. And uh, Doug, appreciate you taking time out and joining us once again on the game. Hey, Scott, very much. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you having us. Well, Doug, uh, let's talk about just overall where the Eagles stand heading into the playoffs. Uh, a very successful regular season, finishing second place in the West Division. You're going to host Greater Sudbury coming up starting this weekend at Polar Stadium. Or your West Division semifinal matchup. And, you know, we had John at the beginning of the season and you had to play all your games on the road for a couple months. And then the border opens up and you're able to get home games. It's certainly a, a few pivots during the season, but uh, the play for the Sioux Eagles, I think from the start to finish, Doug, uh, you got to be real happy with where your team is heading into the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thrilled. I mean, you know, uh, 48 games, 33 wins, 11 losses, four ties. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and again, of those 48 games, uh, I, I, I guess I really hadn't looked at it 100%, so I'm not 100% accurate, but I, I would I would get, I would, I would think somewhere, somewhere around 25 games or so, maybe even more, or excuse me, uh, 30 games or so probably were on the road, if not more. Um, so, you know, you get on the road like that and you, and you know, we had a great record in the first half and we'd only played three home games. So uh, excited for that, for the guys that we've gelled, uh, you know, the, the guys get along, uh, they're working hard right now. Um, we had a little bit of a, a, a hiccup last weekend and then we came on Friday and then we came back on Saturday and played one of the best games of the year that we've played. So that's all I expect and, and hoped for going into the playoffs. Um, and I told the guys like win or lose Saturday night against Hearst, I don't care. I just want, cause the game meant nothing in the standings, but it meant something for us to, to get ready for the playoffs and have you know have our system played 
uh, how I want it. And that's what we did Saturday. So I, I was really happy about that. Yeah. This weekend, the Eagles fall to greater Sudbury two nothing, and then uh, knocking off Hearst uh, five to four on Saturday night. And Doug, you know, you're going in to your final six or seven games at home. You, you kind of knew where you're going to, uh, as far as the standings, you're going to finish second place because the Sioux Thunderbirds, they rattled off 18 straight to end the regular season. So you said you didn't have a lot to play for in the standings, but you look at some of those games. I mean, they were very competitive competitive and you know going into the playoffs on a winning note we said that on the broadcast Saturday I thought that was very important for you guys and what I thought was if not the best game of the season on Saturday night well yeah I mean again the standings are one thing and you know we we secured second place uh, quite a while ago but you know over those this homestand we were able to get some guys in the lineup that you know we would normally not have been able to do uh, we played Logan Raphael we played Caleb Horn in goal um, you know we we were able to get some guys uh, um, in on defense that don't uh, play normally uh, in the lineup and and that was a good thing we want to make sure everybody's ready and you know unfortunately we you know we have three major injuries right now and um, you you know, those guys are probably done for the season and that's, that's, you know, that's going to hurt us. But, you know, if you get other guys in the lineup throughout the year and you, and you play your 60 and your four lines throughout the year, it's not about the, you know, winning, you know, the league cha- or the division championship and then losing in the playoffs. It's about getting ready for the playoffs. And so kudos to the Thunderbirds. 18 in a row is, is not an easy thing to do no matter what league you're in. But, um, you know, so that that's fantastic on their part. Um, for us, you know, I wasn't really all that concerned about that, uh, about winning down the stretch, just about making sure everybody was ready to play. So... Hopefully we accomplished that. I believe we have. Doug LaProd joining us on the game, head coach of the Sioux Eagles. And Doug, you know, covering this team all season long, uh, your team has been uh, avoiding uh, the the long stretch of losses. I think you maybe lost a couple games in a row, uh, a handful of times. If that, you only lost 11 games all season long. I think the consistency of this team, you know, avoiding those, those long stretches of bad play as a coach, you got to be real happy with, I think just the consistency of your squad this season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we, you know, we're not perfect, obviously, you know, we, uh, you can ask these guys later when I leave, you know, they, <laughs> they get yelled at once in a while, but I'm not a real big yeller and screamer. I just like to make sure that we're playing as well as we can play. And we practice all week long at a certain, you know, tempo. And we make sure that we're, you know, going over game plan things. And, and, and when we don't accomplish them in, in games, that's when I get a little um, uh, annoyed if that's the best word, but you know, you know, then when you come back the next game and, and do it right, then then it makes you happy. So, you know, you got to remember they're, they're they're really just kids, yep. and and we have you know they're very very good, they're very talented, they're very dedicated, but you know they're gonna you know as we are as adults, we're gonna make mistakes, and so I always tell them mistakes are for you know learning. So you make it, you learn from it, you move on. If you do it, you know, twelve times in a row, then we got a little bit of an issue. But but I don't have that, and. uh uh, I don't have those issues. You know, we we correct things along the way, and so we're fortunate to be able to to have a great season. And and again, you're like you said, not win, not lose uh, many games in a row. And our lo- our losses were, um, you know, 
uh, in and out of this out of, out of the schedule, so to speak. So um, happy about that. We've we've had uh, you know a great time this year. The success we've had, the kids have had, have been you know very proud of that and proud of them for for doing that. Looking ahead, Doug, it's the second season. The postseason already underway with the uh, first round best of three playoff matchups. Uh, you guys will take on a Greater Sudbury in a best of seven series in one of the West Division semifinals. Uh, looks like the first two games will be at home this Friday and Saturday night. We'll have the call right here on News Talk 1400. And uh, Doug, you know, a team very evenly matched throughout the season. Uh, you both won three games against each other. Uh, a lot of those games close. Uh, you play a pretty similar style, at least from what I've seen in the games at Polar Stadium. Uh, looking into that series, uh, you know, how does it look for you and what are the keys for the Sioux Eagles to advance to the Western Finals? Well, I mean, you, you, you're right. They're they're good. We are all all six games have been close. Um, you know, they they have uh, some talent. We have some talent. They have uh, some physicality, as do we. Both of us have good goaltending. Um, you know, the best players on each team are going to have to outplay the other best players, and that's just how hockey works or sports work, for that matter. Um, you know, when we're on our system and on our game, I think that, you know, we're a pretty good team. So, but it's not going to be an easy out. I mean, we, I don't expect us to like go out and hammer them four straight. And you know, it just hasn't been that way all year. And it's, it's not going to be that way in the playoffs. So, um, I think that if we play hard and, um, you know, execute what we need to do and we're prepping for their system. I mean, we've watched a lot of video and a lot of tape and, uh, Feder, coach Federoff and I have, uh, had, uh, um, you know, pretty good, uh, chats about how we want to go forward with our ex execution, excuse me. And we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I expect us to win. Um, but I don't think it's going to be an easy an easy feat. You look at goaltending. You mentioned both teams with solid goaltenders. Uh, you would expect uh, Joel Rainville will get all the starts for Greater Sudbury. You have the option of two really good goaltenders in uh, Gabe Rosick and Ryan Gilmore. And as a coach in the playoffs, that could present maybe a bit of a challenge as far as who you play. Do you continue to rotate them? What's your thoughts going into the series? Do you have uh, you know, a starter picked out for game one and then depending on how that goes, keep them in for game two or do you even know at this point? Yeah, I haven't really thought about. It. I mean, I've thought about it, but I haven't really decided what I'm going to do yet. Like, you know, I'm. I, you can probably ask a lot of these guys or other coaches. I'm pretty much a, kind of a non-traditional type coach. So, you know, like I said earlier, I don't like to yell and scream, and I don't like to. And I'll joke around, and we'll have we'll have moments where we, you know, we're laugh together, and and uh, you know, and then if I got a kind of buckle down, then, then they'll know exactly that I mean business, right? And so it, it, as far as goaltending goes, they're both very, very good. Um, they're both capable. Uh, we're very fortunate, especially down the road. We had, what was it, uh, five games and seven nights, yeah. and then we had a couple days off, and then we had another couple games. And, you know, to have two guys that can play and have one not just get worn out, uh, that that was uh, that was big for us. And I, I that's both of them are a complement to our 33-11-4 uh, record, obviously. So wh whoever decide, you know, whoever gets the start and, and goes forward and, and, you know, we'll go from there. Um, it's, it's just I've told them both. I was right up front and honest with them down the stretch that – you know, I'll I'll play both of you if you both play good, and if one takes over and one decides not to play very well, then that other one is getting a start. So uh, they both understand that, and they were both good with it, and they both they get along great, and I think they support each other really well. So um, 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out down the road. Final question for you, Doug, before we let you go and get to a couple of the players on your team, you know, it's been uh, three years really since we've had a full playoff season in the NLJHL and uh, fans kind of got a preview of that a bit with the Hearst game and the, uh, greater Sudbury game a week before that, but you know, these seven game series, junior hockey playoffs, polar stadium, we've already had some big crowds. It's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully over the next few weeks and a couple months for you guys. Oh, for sure. And we, you know, we have great fans. I mean, we have unbelievable, this city is an unbelievable city for hockey. And just think about all the hockey they have to watch during the season. I mean, how many cities get to boast that they have a D one hockey NCAA team, a tier two junior a team, a midget triple a team, a really good high school program. I mean, not, not to mention all the youth hockey that's uh, that's around. So a um, lot of hockey people, a lot of hockey fans, uh, a lot of educated hockey fans. Um, so, you know, when they come to the rink, um, they're, you know, they know what to look for and they, you know, but they're fantastic. I mean, we've had some great crowds the last couple of weeks and, you know, I, and there's nothing else to, to do right now, right? We're in spring. Only show in town. Spring in, spring in the Sioux is uh, <laughs> Not one here. of those deals where you never <laughs> yeah. know if it's going to be a foot of snow or it's going to be melting. So, you know, like you said, the only show in town, and and uh, we we'd really love it if we could just fill up the polar for you know all our all our uh, home playoff games. That would be wonderful. Games are set for Friday and Saturday. The official schedule will be released this week for the full seven game series. Doug LaProd joining us on the game. Uh, Doug, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this weekend. I know we'll be talking, I'm sure, before or during the broadcast, and uh, looking forward to hopefully a very extended playoff run for the Sioux Eagles. I appreciate that, Scott. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, we will be joined by a couple of the Sioux Eagles players, Sam Holy and Hayden Daka. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start? Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. (laughs) Okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux.
Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahinder tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, peck supplies, and more. Also, check out our full line of Boss and Fisher snow and ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rodyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Now featuring aluminum trailers from Sport LLC. Hurry in. These trailers are moving fast. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. We are joined by a pair of Sioux Eagles defensemen here on the game. Hayden Daka and Sam Holy joining us on the game. And gentlemen, appreciate you taking time out and joining us. Welcome to the game. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Hayden, thank you for having us. Well, we are most uh, generously welcome to have you guys. And Hayden, let's start with you as far as your season so far for the Sioux Eagles. Uh, you uh, one of the many defensemen on the team uh, from Wisconsin. Uh, just tell us overall your thoughts on how the season's gone along, obviously with last year and having to piece together uh, games you got in the league, you had to go on the road for a couple months, uh, but how has the season gone for you so far? Oh, it's been uh, it's been great to get back to hockey, playing regular season games. You know, Doug and Bruno have done an amazing job keeping us, you know, with the love of the game. You know, being on the road, it's it's a part of hockey. You're always going to have it, but it's pretty fun. And we have a good group of guys that helps us out in the long run too. Sam, I'll ask you the same question. Just overall this season, obviously you had a lot of success on the ice, uh, finishing second place and uh, being able to play some home games eventually after a couple months on the road. Uh, How has your season gone so far? Uh, It's been good. Uh, You know, when we started off on the road first, guys uh, used to joke about that we were called the Road Warriors, uh, and I think we all took it in pretty well, and uh, as you can see, we won a lot of games on the road, and I think that helped us in the long run to achieve second place. And uh, I think, you know, we have a great group of guys, like Hayden said, and uh, it's just been going really well for us. Hayden, uh, you know, Sam mentioned uh, the group of guys and, you know, I'm not only around you guys during the broadcast, but, you know, it just seems like you guys have a very just collective good unit. Uh, You guys all seem to get along. I go back to that game last Monday where he had uh, Caleb Horn, you know, who's at every practice. Uh, He got his shot in net and you guys earned the victory and just the way you mobbed him afterwards. I just thought that was great. Is this a really good group of guys that you're playing with this year? This is a really good group of guys. You know, everybody loves coming to the rink every day uh we all enjoy being there we love practice and you know even outside of the rink go all do dinners and uh you know some bowling every now and then if we can but we are together all the time and it's been like this since we got into town and sam i'll ask you the same question in addition did being on the road so much the first couple months really help you guys kind of become this collective unit and get along you kind of had to because you're stuck on the road with each other you almost have no other option but has that helped you think with the team cohesion this season uh, yeah, you know, like Hayden said, we have a really tight uh, knit group of guys and uh, Caleb getting his first win. That was a really big step for him. And we were there, you know, all the way for him. And uh, we were playing for Caleb that night. And, uh, you know, being on the road, it's just you're on the road for 
two, three hours, four hours at a time with all these guys to and from the games. And, uh, you know, we like to have fun, especially after we win. You know, we used to listen to music and have guys sing karaoke. So I think that really helped us bond together and uh, get everybody to know each other. Hayden Daka and Sam Holy joining us on the game, defenseman for the Sioux Eagles. And Hayden, uh, you know, very successful regular season, but you can throw all that out the window. The postseason starts this weekend against Greater Sudbury, a, a team that, you know, you guys have become pretty good rivals with throughout the season. Uh, what are your thoughts going into this weekend as far as having the Cubs in a seven-game series have the home ice advantage? Uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts going in? It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really excited. This is going to be my first full uh, playoff season for uh, juniors and especially going against Sudbury. You know, they're a good team. Uh, we're also a good team. We got some good rivalry going, so it, it should be fun. I think it's going to going to be a really good series. Sam, same question to you. Uh, you know, you guys split the season series three and three, a lot of close games. A couple of games got a little interesting as far as some uh, extracurricular activities going on. Uh, but, uh, you know, your thoughts going in against the Cubs, they're a good team. You're going to have to play your best to beat them. Yeah, exactly. They're a really good team, but uh, I think we struggled at the beginning a little bit with their big ice uh, at their home rink, uh, but I think we've come to figure out how to play in that barn, so I think that kind of takes away the home ice advantage uh, edge for them, and uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of extras going on because it's playoffs, and playoffs hockey, playoff hockey is always a little tougher. Yeah, it sure is, and uh, Hayden, you know, what brought you to the Sioux Eagles? I believe this is your second season here, this if is. I'm not mistaken. Uh, what brought you to Sault Ste. Marie to play for the Eagles, and uh, you know, what keeps you here? Why why, why are you a Sioux Eagle, and uh, what is your path here, I should say? Uh, so this is my third year in the league. Yep. Uh, my first year, I was in Elliott Lake, yep. and uh, you know, they had to take a leave out of the league for a while, and Doug and Bruno reached out to me, and I knew the program because uh, I was fortunate enough to play for the Indians uh, the year prior. Right. So I kind of knew a bit about their program. They always have a really good uh, commitment group of kids going on, and they just they do this whole thing really well, and I loved it, fell in love with it. So when I got onto the team, I didn't even go try out anywhere else last year. I just wanted to come back here. It's been nothing but a great time. And Sam, same question to you. Well, what brought you to the Swigles? Obviously, Chicago, Illinois, and the, the Bruno connection there as your general manager. Uh, what brought you to Sault Ste. Marie? Uh, I got traded here this summer, um, and I think it was it was for the better. Um, and, you know, I got to meet Bruno over the summer and kind of talk to him about the team. And uh, he really sold me on the point that he can move me on into a, into a higher level going on to school next year, hopefully. And, uh, you know, came up here for camp, did uh, skated with the boys for the preseason and, uh, you know, really started to like the team and I just stuck around. Hayden Daka and Sam Holy joining us on the game. Defenseman for the Sioux Eagles. The Sioux Eagles will be in a playoff action this weekend at Polar Stadium against Greater Sudbury. Games one and two Friday and Saturday night. And Hayden, you know, playing in Polar Stadium, there's not a lot of buildings like the Polar and you've started to see some big crowds and I would expect those crowds to continue to grow over the playoff run. Uh, you know, you play in a lot of buildings in the league and there are some good buildings, but, you know, Polar Stadium to me is a different animal when you get a pretty full house there and a lot of noise as a player is it fun to play in that environment it's my favorite rink to play in especially when we get the good crowds you know it's it's just electric uh everybody's in it whether it's a fight a goal win whatever it is everybody's in it and it's just it's an unreal feeling and sam uh, same question to you you know playing at the puller having that old time atmosphere the fans are right on top of you when you get seven eight hundred people in there it gets loud on the ice is that uh, an advantage for you and your team 
Yeah, uh, I would definitely think it's kind of overwhelming for other teams because not a lot of teams get this many fans. And uh, I think just it boosts team morale for us because after the games, we have a bunch of little kids standing over there asking for autographs and sticks. And uh, it's just good to see that the community is coming out to support us. And one of the things that the Eagles do well, guys, is that you guys are out in the community volunteering for a lot of things. And, you know, what you mentioned, Sam, when you when you talk to the youngsters, uh, you know, after the game or give them a fist bump when you go on the ice that means a lot to people in this community and that's why the eagles have been so successful uh you know hayden getting into the community and just being around at sioux st marie has it been something that's been enjoyable for you uh it's been amazing i've you know second year here and i i love it it's uh it's really good to see that the town's all for us and it makes it even more fun for us when we get to go out and interact with everybody outside of the rink and outside of the gear and Sam, same question for you. I mean, it's more than just hockey. It's being involved in the community and uh, you and your teammates, I think, have done that very well. Yeah, it's a great time. Um, you know, community service, everybody loves it. Um, we get to go out, have fun. We get to meet new people. You know, you meet people everywhere and uh, sometimes you make friendships that will last a lifetime and you never know who you'll meet. Final question for you, gentlemen. We'll start with you, uh, Hayden, as far as uh, your future. Obviously, you want a long playoff run uh, for the Sioux Eagles. Uh, are you eligible to come back next season? If not, what are your future plans? Uh, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm aging so, out. Yeah. Um, but college D3 is my route that I'm looking at, and there's a few schools looking at me. So hoping I can land something there. And Sam, same question for you. Do you still have eligibility to come back? No, I'm aging out this year, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping NCAA D3 if I can. And uh, we'll see where it takes me from there. Gentlemen, appreciate you joining us on the game. That was Hayden Daka and Sam Holy of the Sioux Eagles. Again, the Eagles in action this weekend. It is playoff season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Best of seven series against Greater Sudbury starts Friday and Saturday at Polar Stadium. We'll have the games right here on News Talk 1400. Gentlemen, I'll see you at the rink on Friday. Best of luck and uh, good luck. Beat, Beat Sudbury and then the Sioux Thunderbirds. That will be a battle. Yep. <laughs> right. do. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We're going to take a break. We come back. We will be joined by David McKeg Jr. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. And welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now, co-host of The Game and host of The Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, David McKegg Jr. joining us once again on the game. And Kegger, it's April. That means the NHL is wrapping up their regular season and Major League Baseball will begin here later on this week. Before we get to that, how are you doing, sir? Scotty, my friend, always a great time to be on here with you and can't wait till it's back in person, my friend, as soon as I can come over the border. I'm doing great nonetheless. How are you, my friend? Always great to be joined by you, Dave, and uh, doing great on this Monday night. And we covered the junior hockey scene earlier, so let's focus on the NHL and Major League Baseball, specifically the Toronto teams. And Dave, let's start with the National Hockey League. The regular season will end this month. Most teams have about 10 to 12 games remaining. And uh, let's look at your Maple Leafs. Uh, Currently, they would match up against the Tampa Bay Lightning in their first round series. However, that could change as Boston, uh, the Lightning, and Toronto all within a couple points of each other. So I'm going to give you the floor as far as the Maple Leafs and uh, just looking at the NHL heading into the final month of the regular season. You know, the you know the Maple Leafs have been through this 
for the last over handful of years where you go into the playoffs and you have that optimism, right? You you have a team that is so I want to use the word beautifully built on the offensively side, offensive side of the puck, sorry, and dif- on defense, it's uh, it's not the worst. Is it the greatest? Nah, it's not matched up to a Carolina Hurricanes-type defense, not, but still a defense that I think could be a championship decor, especially now with Addy, Mark Giordano, great veteran presence, and a great ad there by Kyle Dubas and company at the Maple Leafs. And when, ja- uh, when Jake Muzzin gets back into full health, that team's going to be a bit more dangerous on the defensive side of the puck. My question is this year is the goaltending side. I never thought I would say that because Jack Campbell had such an impressive start this year. At last year, it seemed like that it wasn't a joke, that he was great all year, given until he had some injuries. Uh, but when he played, he was hot. And this year, he was hot. It's like, okay, it wasn't a fluke. You know, then he had a big dry spell where the Maple Leafs have a goaltending save percentage in the bottom 30 of the league. They're 31st since January in save percentage. And this is still a wow. team that has won over 70% of its games still in, in the, with those numbers. Typically, you think of numbers like that. You're like, okay, well, they let in four or five a night. Well, that is the case. They're letting three plus four a night or so, but the offense is scoring five a night, right? And that's yep. the downfall this year where previous years it's been uh, the defensive side of the puck or it's been their penalty kill. But defense has greatly improved, and their penalty kill is in the top five in the National Hockey League, and they lead the league in shorthanded goals. Like, there's no win-win with this team. There's always something that gives you a seat of doubt. But this year, yes, Colton is a seat of doubt, but I have faith that Jack Campbell could be the goalie to take them to where they need to be. But there's a couple of things that they have to do to do that. And I'm a firm believer of slaying the dragon. Now, what that means is that they've had such a problem against the Boston Bruins that to go on to that next level, I really think beating Boston in the first round would be best. But for that to happen, Toronto and Boston would have to be in the wild card and Tampa would have to fall to a wild card or Florida would have to fall. So all the likelihood of that happening is very unlikely. So right now... Anything can happen in the last couple weeks of the season, but ultimately it doesn't matter where Toronto ends. They can end up in a wild card. Yeah, they're playing either Florida or Carolina when it comes to that. You can end up in the two or three spot. You're playing Boston or Tampa with that. Maybe Florida, but doubtful. I think Florida's going to be your Atlantic Division champions, and you're going to see Toronto be battling for home ice, hopefully on the second, third spot. So, Everyone said, well, who do you want them to play, Dave, with their goaltending being suspect, the defense is getting healthy? Honestly, it doesn't matter who they play. Yeah, they've played great against Carolina. Yeah, they played good against Boston. Tonight, they played Tampa. And then tomorrow or this week, they play Florida, right? It's going to be a lot of those measuring sticks. And against playoff teams, Scott, they're very successful. It's those non-playoff teams where they're struggling against Buffalo, Montreal, you know, which, which makes me believe that I don't know what team I'm going to get when I turn on the television because they're so inconsistent. But overall, you have a team that is very beautifully built on the upfront. And on defense, they're a team that has improved. Justin Hall was great last year. He's struggling this year, but he's been playing better as of late. So you hope you get that decor that they expect to get. And my biggest thing is watching the goaltending. But overall, with the playoffs, you have a tough battle, Scott. It doesn't matter who you play. Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina, Boston, Pittsburgh, New York. These are all teams 
in the, in the Eastern, in the Eastern Conference, sorry, is way beyond the Western Conference in talent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to any Western Conference fans. There's not even a comparison. The Eastern Conference will win the Stanley Cup this year. I think Colorado might have something to say about that a little bit, but Colorado is going to walk away with the Western Conference this year. And when I look at the East, it's, it's very tough to pick a winner because it doesn't matter who you play first round, second round. You have a tough road to get to the Cup Finals. So, it's going to come down to the nitty-gritty, Scott, in these last little few weeks of the season. But Toronto does have some question marks between health and in, in terms of the crease. But I'm hoping they can get it together and keep the positives that have been working for them going, such as the offense and penalty kill, because that's what will be successful for them. And just for goodness sake, get out of the first round. <laughs> okay, it's, <laughs> it's been six years, and they haven't won a cup in 54 years. I'm 30, Scott. They haven't made it past the second round since 04. They lost in the conference final against Dallas and Carolina in 99 and 02, respectively. They haven't made the cup final in ever. They haven't been successful in ever. Ultimately, it, enough is enough. This core has to get it done. The time is now. And if it doesn't get done now, I think there's going to be some questions when it comes to the front office. And I know a lot of Sioux people may not like what I'm saying there, but you got to give, when you're in Toronto, success is what's measured there, not the moves you make. And unfortunately, I, I think this is a team that could do it. It's a team that could win, honestly. And if they get out of the East, I'd be very surprised if they didn't win because of the momentum. But ultimately, it's going to be a tough road. And I'm, I'm so excited to see what comes uh, forward with uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, Dave, I agree. I mean, the East is loaded. You can make a case for any of the eight teams that get into the playoffs as far as advancing. And uh, my thoughts on Toronto, yes, they are very much due. It's, it's been over half a century. But if they can get out of the first round, look out. Then all uh, all bets are off as far as the Maple Leafs, in my opinion. But they got to slay that dragon, as you said. Dave McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, later on this week, Major League Baseball will open up their regular season. We'll talk more about the Detroit Tigers with Butch Davis coming up next. But uh what are your thoughts on the Toronto Blue Jays? Obviously uh, in a very competitive division with the New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays. No, I'm not putting Baltimore in the competitiveness <laughs> category. I think Baltimore is a clear last-place team. But, you know, the Jays have made some moves, uh, Dave, to improve their team with the free agent market. Uh, there still is some questions as far as that bullpen. But I want your thoughts on the Jays' 2022 season opening up this weekend. I can't believe ball season's already here. You know, it's exciting to see that the snow is melting from the ground and ball season's around the corner. And now I'm buying Blue Jays tickets because they're a bit more affordable than Leafs tickets uh, to go down and watch. And even if it's in Detroit or Toronto, nonetheless, the Jays have a very, very, very exciting team this year. The addition of Matt Chapman on third base gives you a platinum-level arm, an elite arm in the infield. And, you know, you have Vlad, who is now stealing bases, for goodness sake. The guy has lost weight. He is in shape. You have runners already. They had to move Gritchick because of fit on the team, and they made a good move with the Colorado Rockies there to get some depth on the infield still and some youth. 
They have a outfield that has T. Oscar, Springer, Guriel. You have an infield of Chapman, Bichette, Espinal, or Biggio, followed by Vlad at first. You have a catching duel of Jansen. Uh, you have Kirk there as well. Now newly acquired Zach Collins as Reese McGuire is going over to Chicago because of, you know, playing time and fit. And Collins has the option to go up and down the minors for the Jays, which is a great fit. Uh, you ha- and you have a, uh, an elite level starting pitching rotation. But like you said, Scott, the bullpen is the question. But if Merriweather's healthy, if Pearson plays as good as he can, Adam Simber's there who was lights out last year. You have Romano, and you got Yemi Garcia. If Yemi Garcia can get healthy. So you got those ifs in there, but those are countable risks I think the Jays can make. And Simber, Romano, and Pearson were so hot at the end of the year that those could be some good middle to late type arms in your bullpen that could be used more frequently than the other arms. And Stripley now from the rotation to the bullpen gives you those long reliever arms. The Jays have a, have a mint thing going, okay? And the Yankees, yes, good ball team, former Jays. Josh Donaldson is there this year. He had to shave his beard because that's what the Yankees do. Uh, the Red Sox, they're still they're still impressive. The Rays, for some reason, you always look at the Rays as a team, and you're like, how the heck does this team get first place every year? Yep. They play baseball tremendously. They know how to play the game of baseball, and they're well-managed by Kevin Cash. So that division is extremely competitive. But I'm going to say this right now with a tad bit of bias on top of the, of, uh, of the food, if you will. I guess you say the sauce on top of the food, to correct myself, is the sauce being the bias. The Jays will be division champions this year. Ooh. They have won 99 their record as a franchise. They will cross that 100-win plateau this year, and they will get first with the Rays in second, Boston in third, Yankees have fun in fourth. I just got a feeling that it's going to be between the Sox and Yankees for fourth. I did have the Yankees picked at third before, kind of leaning towards the uh, out of the playoff picture uh, because I, the way the Red Sox are built, they're a lot like the Rays. They got a, but they got bigger names, but they have that ability to play that ball, that small ball that can win them those tight ball games. And they got a pretty good rotation as well. So I got them slightly ahead of the Yankees. So you got the Rays and Red Sox in a wild card spot, which lines up perfectly for a Rays and Jays uh, divisional matchup, which is going to be unbelievable. Uh, so that's my prediction for the Jays this year, Scott. They got one heck of a batting rotation. I trust the company now of Pyro and Atkins, they've, the patience is wearing off for the fans. They want to see success, and now we're going to see that. As Vlad Guerrero said, last year we got the trailer. This year we're getting the movie, and I love that quote from him. And, Scott, I'm sure you can agree, very tight uh, bullpen, if you will. Uh, sorry, um, a division, rather. And it's going to be a division that's going to be right down to the end. But I, I, as a lot of experts have said, I think it's hard to not count the Blue Jays as top two favorites this year next to the Dodgers. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good four-horse race in the AL East this year, Dave, and certainly uh, something we will talk about over the weeks and months to come. Dave, before we let you go, uh, what's ahead for you and your crew with the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario? You know, last week we didn't end up having a top shelf and uh, strike zone edition. We had some scheduling maneuvers, you know, COVID stuff involved, moving around people off work. There's still a lot going on here in Sioux, Ontario, but it's okay. We had all of your coverage uh, with all the other content of the show that you can also check out on the TGEM network as well. But this week we will have a show combined. We'll have top shelf and strike zone combined on an edition this week. Uh, nice. So that will be great. There'll be good little baseball and hockey content, which will be uploaded 
by which we believe on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, this will be the week that the one and only upload will be of James Duffy. That will be uh, on your wavelengths on Thursday. It will be available for you uh, to listen to. Uh, so there's that addition. We did reschedule in the pocket the bonus upload to be after the draft with suggestion of all the in the pocket panel. We wanted to do a massive special edition show that include the draft and offseason. So that will be until after the draft. So this week, you got in the pocket and strike zone combined, and you got the James Duffy interview coming this week on the TGM Network, on the YouTube channel, and also on all of our platforms, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, Google, all over the place. And on our website, of course, thegamesportshow.com. And lastly, Scott, there will be a release this week, and I was like, oh, what's that mean? The Game Entertainment and Media will have a logo released this week. Oh, and nice. I can't wait to share that with you, my friend, Scott. A little uh, off-air to show with you, but a lot of good content from uh, the Game Entertainment and Media and uh, from the Game Sports Show coming this week, in particular the new show and the James Duffy upload, so make sure you do not miss that. Sounds great indeed. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, have a great rest of your week. And next week we'll talk about the NLJHL playoffs. The Sioux Greyhounds uh, down the stretch uh, trying to improve their position. And, of course, a whole lot more. Have a great rest of your week, sir. We'll talk to you next Monday night. Sounds good, Scott. I want to quickly say, uh, Chris Allman Sr., there was a death, uh, a close friend of my, uh, dad's, uh, little unexpected passing from a, from a friend of mine too, Chris Solomon. I uh, played hockey together growing up and, uh, haven't been able to touch, uh, touch base on him as much as we got older, but his dad passed and I know he's a big avid sports fan here, especially in the Sioux, uh, and I knew him quite well, so I want to say condolences to the Solomon family from the Game Sports Show. Absolutely, indeed. We will take a break here on the game. We come back. We will talk to co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 646 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. We have a couple other local sports notes before we get to our co-host and guest for the remainder of the show. Ontario Hockey League this past week, the Sioux Greyhounds uh, split against the Saginaw Spirit, losing at home. Rather, I should say losing on the road 2-1 to on Tuesday and bouncing back with a 9-3 to win over Saginaw Friday night. The Hounds were slated to take on Sarnia yesterday, but the Mackinac Bridge was closed due to ice conditions. So the Hounds take on Sarnia tonight at the GFL Memorial Gardens. That one will start in about 20 minutes or so. Laker tennis over the weekend. The women, they win their match 7-0 over Saginaw Valley State. Both men's and women's Laker tennis teams will be in action this upcoming weekend on the road at Wayne State on Friday and at Northwood on Saturday. Joining us on the game, co-host of the game here on News Talk 1400 and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. A brand new edition of Butch on Sports from last night, which you can find on his website, simplybutch2, that's too.podomatic.com. You can can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook and on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com, as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports region and the sports world in general. Butch, how you doing on this Monday night, sir? 
exhausted from this weekend here, but I'm feeling okay, Scott. How about you? I'm doing great, Butch, and yeah, we got a whole lot to talk about tonight, and let's start with the big game going on tonight in NCAA men's basketball, a game you can hear right after our show on News Talk 1400, as it'll be the Men's Division One National Championship going on down in New Orleans as the Kansas Jayhawks will take on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Butch, uh, Kansas, a number one seed taking on eight-seeded North Carolina. Uh, Plenty of storylines in this one. Uh, Coach Bill Self for Kansas looking to secure his second national championship with KU after 14 years as being hired their head coach. North Carolina, their first-year head coach, Hubert Davis, attempting to make history, uh, becoming just the fifth first-year coach to ever take a team to a title match and North Carolina looking to be the second ever eighth seed to win a national championship. You have to go back to Villanova in 1985. So Butch, uh, the scene is set. Uh, Certainly big games this weekend. Kansas knocking off Villanova rather easily, although Villanova did make a second half comeback. And uh, North Carolina ending the career of Mike Krzyzewski, his coaching career as the Tar Heels knock off Duke. Uh, Your thoughts on those two games and tonight's matchup going on in New Orleans? (laughs) <laughs> Not too many thoughts here. The best team won here. And uh, and I'd say that uh, sincerely there. Uh, North Carolina had Duke's number and had it at the end of the season, and they continued that at the the end of the rail for <laughs> big-time Mike there. Yep. On the other hand, Kansas right now is a very stable team, very good team. Many people don't get to see them a lot because, again, they don't, uh, broadcast them as highly as uh, some of the other teams on the East. Uh, it's going to be a toughie there, but I'm going to pick North Carolina. Ooh. Uh, I, I like to see Kansas win because I think they're uh, uh, right now a more together team out there on the court right now. But again, just the momentum of North Carolina and what they're doing, and they're being big teams. Uh, and not supposed to be there. I'm, I'm going to pick North Carolina. I'm going to be a little different, Butch, and pick Kansas. I think they've been the most consistent team throughout this tournament, although you can make a big argument for North Carolina. I mean, they started as an eighth seed and just ripped Marquette out of the building and then taking on a one-seeded Baylor. You know, really, uh, you know, that one, they almost let a big lead slip. I think they're ahead by 20 points in the second half. Uh, that one ended up going to overtime. So that, you know, certainly uh, challenge them. But, you know, the thing about this tournament, Butch, is it's not how you do at the beginning of the season. It's how hot your team is towards the end of the season. And certainly Kansas has has been pretty consistent. But North Carolina, at the beginning of the year, they struggled uh, mightily and it really had to heat up towards the end. And, Butch, here's a stat that I came across that I found very interesting. North Carolina is attempting to be the first team to beat UCLA, Duke, and Kansas in the same season, not just the NCAA tournament, but over the course of an entire season. The last time that was done was before I was born. Notre Dame in 1973 and 74, coached by Digger Phelps, was the last team to do that. And so if North Carolina does earn this victory, Butch, they didn't do it the easy way. They certainly had to play some blue blood programs, and they're one of their own. 
Well, I remember that very well with the Notre Dame situation there. And, yes, they were very, very good. And many people like yourself don't put them ahead of the board there. Uh, they they show what they can do with the talent and the discipline they have. Uh, the only reason I picked North Carolina, again, is because, again, they have went through – Went through the mill as far as they didn't get no easy pickings when uh, their their season started. And again, the season started very poor, as you just mentioned. Hubert uh, Davis coming on in there and players getting used to his feel, his, his what he wants, what he expects. It's not the same as the team that you let go or was let go by the former coach of their Williams. Again, but they all caught on. They caught on very good, and they caught on at a time right now that basically it means so much. So, you know, given all that particular information there, again, I'm going to go with North Carolina on that particular there, that they can uh, kind of slay the Dragons. And right now the Dragons are, uh, it's Kansas right now. And if they do the same as they've done Duke and a lot of other big teams that they wasn't supposed to win against, uh, they will be champions on this night. That North Carolina will still get a champion regardless to what other people say. Yeah, and final thought on this, Butch, you know, going back to Hubert Davis, it's it's hard to take over from a coaching legend like he did. You see Roy Williams in the crowd, but you know, after a slow start, uh, you gotta really give a lot of credit to his coaching ability and just to, you know, to rally his team. He seems like he's he's a big player's coach, obviously a former player himself. Uh Hubert Davis certainly uh filling in nicely uh for the uh, retiring Roy Williams. Yes, and and the one thing you know, you, he's Hubert uh, Davis was a assistant coach for so many years. Okay, right. going down the line there. However, being an assistant coach and the head coach, where you got to look at the X's and O's and how everything goes on there, is a different situation. And they gotten used to Hubert now being the big time boogie bear, besides just being the assistant coach. And uh, they, the teams has bought into what he wants done on the court there, and and I think that's a pretty doggone good job to boot there, especially in your first year. Women's basketball crowned their national championship last night. Butch, uh, South Carolina, wire to wire as number one in the AP poll all season. They knock off UConn, sixty-four to forty-nine. This is the first ever loss by UConn in a national championship game. They were eleven and zero heading into last night, but you kind of knew this was coming. South Carolina, you want to talk about teams that are a, a program that just rolled over the top teams. South Carolina went 14-0 and against teams ranked in the AP Top 25 this season, and, uh, you know, really, they control that entire game, uh, their second national championship now in five years. Uh, your thoughts on South Carolina, kind of the, the dominant force right now in women's basketball? I picked them. You did, and they and they did come through. And again, you know the job that um, that their coach have done is is magnificent. There for again, those kids to buy into the particular program, and she kept a lot of positivity with those kids all the way through the season. And and they wasn't out of too many doggone games. Yeah. As, their record has shown there, so they're very deserving of winning that, the winning that championship for Gene, uh, Gino, 
better luck next year, but it won't be the last time he not be in a Final Four position there. He is a doggone good coach. Yeah, something tells me uh, UConn will be back along with Stanford. Uh, really, I thought was a good women's tournament. And Butch, uh, final question for you before we hit the top of the hour break. Uh, you, you see some ads watching uh, the men's basketball tournament talking about women's sports and, you know, they, they play a soundbite from a game that happened and, you know, the, the headline or the, the caption says you might have missed it because women's sports gets 10% of the coverage as men's sport. And I, and I wonder your thoughts on that. Cause my wife and I were talking about that. And while I will admit that women's sports does not get as much attention as men's sports, I think over the last few years, I feel women's sports has gotten a lot more attention. I mean, you see every game in the women's basketball tournament on, I mean, every time you turn on ESPN, you see, you know, women's softball and volleyball. While I think there's still work to do, and, and it is a disparity. I, I don't know if it's as much as maybe some people are making out of it, or am I wrong? It is much as the people are making out of it there. Let's use an example with ESPN. ESPN is a sister station of ABC Sports, okay? Matter of fact, ABC Sports is ESPN. There is no reason that Sunday night game did not go on national television, True. okay? Yep. Why wouldn't it not go on national television? You know, you're competing against WrestleMania and the Grammys. What is it going to lose for you to put it on national television there? Well, basically, if people who don't have cable, and those are the people who are being penalized with this, uh, don't get to see the game in this entirety there. It's a whole heck of a lot of young ladies, girls, and uh, are out there who are shining that. Uh, that particular phrase, very much so, very wide there. I remember a long time ago, and, and this is way back, when the Detroit Shock was going to the championship game against uh, the L.A. team there. And a lot of people thought it would only be 14,000 people showing up at that championship game at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Well, they had to pull the curtains and everything else there because the place was sold out with 22,000 uh, people in there. And a lot of those girls were playing basketball at that particular time. Some kids were getting suspended because the, they wanted to see that particular game. That meant so much to girls and, and young ladies alike who were playing basketball or was, or was playing sports there that a woman's team would be uh, highlighted that, like that. And also that game was showed on ABC on ABC right. at the time there, okay? That was a nationally televised game. Uh, that blew open sky high uh, the, the norm of people not interested in women's sports, okay? So I think it's a lot of the executives. I think it's a lot of thinking of cable television. And again, tonight, again, TBS will get the reins of covering the national game, okay? And it's not on national television, okay? Right. Why are people who don't uh, who don't have cable being penalized by not particularly seeing this there? Uh, again, there's a lot of things that the executive of these particulars have to get straightened out. And plus, the 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 marketability of when you put in the bids for these particular sports of these stations or whatnot has a lot to do with it too there. So that's got to get straightened out by the NCAA and and how bad do they want these sports to be 
you know, be transferred out in the in the nation where girls and young women alike can be a part of that uh, extravaganza there. Butch, we're going to take a quick one-minute break for the top of the hour. When you and I re- will return, we will have Hour 2 of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series motors and sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Skinners of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Pickford, Michigan. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Taking a look at your News Talk 1400 weather forecast. We've got a slight chance of rain mixing with snow, and that'll continue into tonight. Low of around 30 or minus 1. Tuesday, we'll start out with some flurries, then cloudy for the most part, high of 43 or 6. Cloudy Tuesday night, low of 37 or 3. Heavy rain likely on Wednesday, but we are warming up high of 45 or 7. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sioux Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you for hour two of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, we got a lot to talk about tonight, so let's go to the NBA first as the Detroit Pistons getting hot all of a sudden winners of three straight as Sadiq Bay scored 31 points yesterday afternoon leading the Pistons to a 121 to 117 win over the Indiana Pacers the Pistons with just three games remaining as they are uh, jockeying for position if you will for a better draft pick it's not working out for them the last few games Pistons won their regular season this week hosting Dallas on Wednesday Milwaukee on Friday and be at Philadelphia on Sunday so Butch we only have one more week to talk about the Pistons and their regular season certainly at 23 and 56 it has been a disappointment there have been a, a few bright spots but overall this organization right now now uh, continues to be mired in losing and unless something changes I don't see that changing anytime soon mm, that's kind of tasty there but I'm gonna buy into that bad boy there the Pistons gotta change something there winning three in a row is is nice okay but it, it doesn't do them any good as far as you know the season has gone uh, are you seeing some excitement with the Pistons and some of the players that they're playing now? Uh, yes, you do. You get to see uh, uh, Bay uh, uh, be a more consistent shooter, especially in the first part of the season he was not due to right now the last part of the season he is very, very comfortable. Matter of fact, if he got to play the whole game, i say yesterday, I think some days would have lit up like a Christmas tree, but he was that doggone good yeah. yesterday. And they took him out and rested him the rest of the game. Um, Kay Cunningham, the game before, only played seven minutes of the game, and still the Pistons won it by what they had to offer with. Now, 
treat you mean, they were playing some very low teams, Indiana and some right. other teams in, in general there. But again, it's a little late to sit up there and say what they should have done, what they could have do. I, my my question is is what are you going to do about the coaching? That that has to be that has to be the first and foremost thing. These kids got to buy into what a coach wants from the beginning all the way to the end. And if they don't buy into it at the beginning, they sure not going to be very good at the end. And Butch, you know, we'll talk more about this during the off season, but obviously the Pistons have needs and they're going to likely have a pretty high draft pick right now. They're the third worst in the NBA, Orlando and Houston look to get the one and two spots, at least have the best percentage at getting the one and two spots in the draft lottery. But, you know, they've, they've added quite a few players over the past couple seasons and uh, certainly getting Bagley has helped them towards the end of the season. But what is their biggest pressing need? in your opinion, uh, either in the free agent market, if they can get anybody to come to Detroit, or somebody they draft, uh, what is their biggest weakness right now as far as uh, you know their team and a player or a type of player that they would need to come in? The Pistons, when they were very good and was competing, they had very good perimeter shooting all, all the way around the line, from the small forward, the large forward, the two guards, and even down to the center had pretty good perimeter shooting there. And they don't have that right now. They don't have that consistency in two guards being able to maybe consistently put in 19 or 20 points a game. They don't have that at the forward spot. Uh, I feel like another sometime I don't uh, kind of attitude there, and that's not going to get it. I don't see Jeremy Grant coming back to the Pistons for next year. I just don't see yeah. it. I don't think that he's given the Pistons – that 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 bite that they thought he would give. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is a very good um, workman as far as his job as a center, but as a scorer per se, there uh, that has to get better. <clears throat> I think you look at the the Motor City Drive, who by the way are in the playoffs, yep. and the players that the Pistons put on loan to them. Coming back to the regular team, I'm talking about Garza, I'm talking about Williams, I'm talking about some other players as well, Lee, as, uh, Saban Lee as well. Coming back to the team and giving them some consistent playing time and also some consistent shooting that they could have had uh, at this present. But what decisions that the team makes in order for them to do certain things there, I, I don't understand it. That's why. The offseason is a lot of discussions got to go on on how stable this team wants to be and how it's going to be ran. Butch, looking at the NBA with one week to go during the regular season, only three postseason seeds are locked in currently. The Phoenix Suns will have top seed in the Western Conference playoffs. Memphis will have the second seed, and the LA Clippers are locked into eighth. So the other 17 seeds remain up for grabs this week. Should make for entertaining basketball in the East, the top four teams right now, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. They could finish in about any of that order between those four teams, while the Toronto Raptors and Chicago Bulls looks like they're battling it out for fifth, and the four play-in tournament spots uh, include uh, Brooklyn, among others. Out west, the Golden State Warriors head into the final week, one game up on the Dallas Mavericks for third place. 
Dallas does hold the tiebreaker there. The battle for fifth through seventh is a good one. Denver, Utah, and Minnesota. And the play-in in the West, Butch, uh, New Orleans, San Antonio, two of the teams in there. Uh, you know, Minnesota's also going to be in the playoffs. Does not look like the L.A. Lakers will be. They lost twice this weekend and uh, so long and good riddance to the L.A. Lakers. Just a, a terrible season for that team. Uh, just your thoughts overall on the NBA uh, heading into the final week of the regular season. I think the L.A. Lakers' problem is not the coaching, it's the players itself. Yep. I think you got too many bosses on that particular team that wants to run the dog on team and that's including LeBron James who's not a coach. He's a player. He should stay as a player. If he can't influence his other teammates to do the best they can be, then the heck with him. He's not a coach. I don't think any general manager or any president should be going to LeBron James and asking him how you should set up the team because he got what he wanted and this is the results of it. <clears throat> I think Westbrook was a problem from the beginning. Uh, that I could never figure out why they went out and got him there. Uh, Westbrook has always been a player who gathered a lot of attention because 75% of the time he had the ball and could do anything or anything he wanted to do with it. And I don't think that's the same route that he's taking with the L.A. Lakers. I think he's tried to do that. But again, it has not worked to the favor of the Lakers and showed any type of cohesion as well. Lakers had some pretty good doggone young kids that they got rid of, okay? And they're gonna, they have regretted that, okay? Big time. So, Lakers, goodbye, good riddance, and get yourself together for next year. You'll be just like the Pistons. <laughs> and would it be surprising if the Lakers didn't get the first draft pick yep. or something there? It or, would not be surprising. Know, funny things have happened. You know what I mean? And, Butch, do you like the play-in tournament? Uh, you know, the NBA switched to this a couple years ago. Uh, right now, you'd have Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn in that play-in tournament. In the West, you'd have Minnesota, the Clippers, New Orleans, and San Antonio. Uh, does Butch Davis like the play-in tournament? No. I don't I either. It's a waste of time. During the pandemic, it, could, it had its, its reason, and I can respect that wholeheartedly there. But far as the season going and it's back to, I think, some type of normalcy right now, no, I don't agree with the playing tournament there. Those top, if you want to expand the rosters or whatever it may be, or expand the playoffs or whatever it may be, that's fine. You want to expand it to 12 per side, that's cool too, and give the, the top four teams some buys or whatever it may be, that's fine too. But the way they got it set up right now there, it's, it's totally ridiculous, okay? It's a waste of time. This is the first year in 47 years that the NBA has finished their season before the National Hockey League. Right. Think about it. Yeah. If you don't have nothing else to do. And for whatever reason that happened that way there, I don't think the NBA knows, but they got to get their stuff together. I think there's some internal things that the NBA has to get right in order for this league to be a lot more stable the way it is. And it's done its time for years. It, you know, the way NBA is doing things, it may work out, but now it's not working out that way because you're getting a lot more younger players coming into the fold and a lot less older players getting out the fold there. And that includes LeBron James, okay, who really and truly right now is on his last lap. 
he could be a very good leader per se there. But as far as him going and doing some of the things he's doing, it, it doesn't help the team on out there. And I think it's something behind it. And, you know, good riddance, whatever it may be there. I agree with you, Butch. I think the play-in tournament was fine for the bubble that season with COVID-19. But, you know, you look at San Antonio, 33-45 and 45 in 10th place. I'm sorry, but a 33-45 and 45 team should not get into the playoffs. I think that... San Antonio is one of the hottest teams in the league. They are. They are. But I still think the NBA is built not for single game eliminations, but for series, much like the NHL. And so uh, we'll see if this. Is he going to do anything? Do a two out of three. Butch, we're going to take our first break here in our second hour. When you and I come back, we will transition to hockey, talk about the NCAA Frozen Four this week, and also look at the Detroit Red Wings and the NHL. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local regional and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 and Roger, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, peck supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Now featuring aluminum trailers from Sport LLC. Hurry in. These trailers are moving fast. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 
714 on the game. News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's move on to hockey and let's start with the NCAA Hockey Frozen Four set for this week in Boston, Massachusetts. The semifinals will start Thursday at 5 between Michigan taking on Denver. The other semifinal, which will take place Thursday night at 8.30, will be a Minnesota battle between the Golden Gophers of Minnesota and the Mavericks of Minnesota State out of the CCHA with the national championship set for Saturday night. Butch really looks like a, a pretty entertaining week of hockey going on in Boston. You look at this Michigan team, four top five picks in last year's NHL draft, Owen Power, Matty Beneers, Luke Hughes, and Kent Johnson. I mean, that team is absolutely loaded, but there's some other good teams in there. What are your thoughts? as far as the NCAA Frozen Four. To me, it looks like the path is set for Michigan to capture this one, but you still got to play the games. Yep, two-thirds of those kids are from Canada, too, by yep. the way. Here. Yes, they are. So that's okay. Michigan knows how to go and pick them. Uh, I'm picking Michigan to win the whole thing here. Myself, personally, I think it's long overdue. Uh, they got the players to do it. They seem like they got the mentality to kind of stick and stay there. Uh, they do play in the Big Ten, which is getting better from the old CCHA where Michigan was playing before, yep. but I, I still like the CCHA there and what the product they have to offer there. And if it has anything to do with Minnesota State there, um, they are in good company. Lake Superior State is another one that I like to see <clears throat> kind of climb a lot better than what they've been doing there. Although they were in the in the in the bunch there, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be in between opening day and a lot of end of the basketball season, where again a lot of playoff decisions are not going to be made. So I'm very interested to see how much notoriety that this particular tournament is going to get. Again, this is not on national television there again. So a lot of people are going to maybe bypass this and some like you and I were just interested in seeing who's going to win, who's going to lose. We'll, we'll probably be watching it there. Yeah, I'll be definitely watching it indeed, Butch. It's something that kind of gets lost with all the other sports in many parts of the area. Up here, obviously, and in the state of Michigan, a pretty big hockey viewing state and area. But I agree. I think Michigan is set up for this. Uh, you know, they, you know, for the top five draft picks. And like you said, two third Canadian players, I'm pulling for Minnesota state to get to their first ever national championship, a smaller school out of the four, but it'll be very entertaining indeed. And our good friend, uh, Dave Watson, Butch, who we had on the show last week is traveling to Boston to catch the festivities. I'm a little jealous on that one. And Matt Darian, I forgot to tell you here is a, is a Cleveland resident as well that we talked yep. about him last week here, who is by the way, the, uh, the, uh, not the PA announcer, but he's the voice of the uh, Motor City Crews there. Yep, does a great job, and Matt's uh, been on Dave's show, and certainly would love to give him, get him on with you and I here maybe over yeah, the... That, that'll be a comic action. Yes, it will. This talking about Cleveland, so I love of Cleveland, Ohio. This is the guy that you... I'll put him up against anybody there. He, he, he'll rake you through the cold. Man. Yes, he will. He does a great job. Butch, a team that's not doing a great job uh, in the second half of the season. 
The Detroit Red Wings, uh, losers of six straight, falling to Ottawa twice this weekend, including yesterday in Ottawa, five to two. Uh, the Wings now 26, 34, and nine. They'll play Tuesday at home against the Boston Bruins and Butch in that game on Friday. There were chants towards the end of the game of fire Jeff Blash show. We don't need to go into that tonight because we've gone into it over the past few weeks, but you know, this Wings team, a lot of promise midway through the season. The the rails have come off the train, so to speak. What are your thoughts on what's going on with the Red Wings right now? Again, coaching. Okay, yeah. Coaching is the big thing. I think Steve Eisman knew that he had some players that come in there and compete. It hasn't happened that way, especially the, the bottom end of the season. Uh, it has not been... Uh, a very progressive type of a situation for the Detroit Red Wings per se there. And that, and that includes the forwards as well as the defensemen there. They they have not been very good at all there. Ottawa just slapped them around like a, like a barbecue rib. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. That was pitiful to watch there, okay, per se there. And I, I expected a lot more from them from the Red Wings, per se, but again, uh, I think one of the moves that are going to be made is, is look at the coaching, and the coaching uh, uh, half of the goal where the assistant coaches who play a main role in this particular team, who's going to stay and who's going to go? I know there are going to be some people going there. Do you reset this place with brand new people, or do you get rid of some clogs there and make it a lot better where these uh, kids can buy in and learn something and, and be better. I think that the Red Wings got the talent. They got to have the, the leadership to take them through the night there. Butch, looking at the NHL, still a few weeks left in the regular season, and we talked earlier with Dave McKegg about his Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed. he's He is really, really wanting a title, as I'm sure all Toronto fans are. The matchups right now, and again, there's still a few weeks left of the season, but it's always good to look at these potential matchups. I think the East is absolutely wide open. Uh, Florida, they are top of their division. They would take on the Washington Capitals, one of the wild card teams. Toronto would face Tampa. Those two teams play tonight uh, in uh, uh, Tampa, I believe. Carolina, top of their division, they would take on the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers would take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, those eight teams, Butch, obviously Florida seems to be the best of the group as far as the regular season, and they're going to be tough to beat. But, you know, these are all seven-game series, no plans or anything like that. This looks to be a fun Eastern Conference, and I think pretty unpredictable. I think you can make a case for several of those teams to uh, advance far in the playoffs. It's going to be the best draw wins, and who can be the hottest at the end of the season? Again, defense and goaltending is going to be the mainstay in the Eastern Conference there, per se. If whoever comes out of it, they're going to have to have that. It's not going to be too much of scoring because you know good and well during the playoffs it's going to be a lot more physical. Yep. We'll see a lot more fights. We're going to see a lot more who wants it bad enough. So whoever comes out of the East, they're going to be very well prepared. But the team that – and I heard Dave's um, comment on the West, and don't put the West out in the, the dry the pastor. Not at all. I'm looking at a team that no one's talking about right now here, and that's the Minnesota Wild. Yep. That team is getting is, is moving, and they got a little piece of their little pie right now that 
ensures them that they can make a valid effort. And that had goaltending there. Flurry, and I tell yeah. you right now, you can sit up there and mess around all you want, but Mr. Flurry there has a lot of goodies in the Christmas tree, and I think he got a lot left due to the fact that he was at Chicago and they didn't play him as much as he has been played in other teams, per se, like in Montreal or in uh, Las Vegas, but he's fresh as a daisy. And Minnesota doesn't mess around when it comes down to playing defense. They're not scared of you at all. So uh, I'm saying right now between Colorado and Minnesota, if that comes comes to mind there, don't put don't put those two teams out of just saying they're they're going it's going to be an East team winning it this year. There, I agree with Minnesota because they've always been a team, in my opinion, built for the playoffs, but they never had great goaltending, and they certainly no. solved that with Flurry, a guy that's won several Stanley Cups. Uh, the matchups in the West right now, again, there's still a few weeks left in the season. Colorado would take on Vegas. Uh, Minnesota would take on St. Louis. Another team not a lot of people are talking about, at least here in the U.S., Calgary, they're top of their division. They would take on Nashville, and then the L.A. Kings would take on the Edmonton Oilers. And so while the West uh, may not have as uh, strong of eight teams, I think you can make a case for many of those teams in the West that they're not going to be pushovers. And that Western Conference, Butch, uh, really the whole NHL, it's going to be a fun playoff season in May, June, and I don't know, is it going to July? I have no idea. Well, the teams that you just mentioned, especially Calgary, there, they're not scared of nobody there. Those are physical teams there who don't mind fight, and they're big. Okay, yep. they are huge when it comes down to ice, and their average uh, player's height is six two. Okay, and beyond, you that's that's going to be a pretty doggone rugged series when it comes down to the the beefing and buffing around with uh, the best team win there per se. There, it's going to be the strongest team that win. It's it's going to be the more team that has the bigger will that's going to take the Stanley Cup this year there. Butch, we're going to take a break here on the game. When you and I come back, we will transition to Major League Baseball as opening day is just a few days away. We'll talk all about that and more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, a News Talk 1400. We are what you need to know. College basketball's national championship game is tonight in New Orleans, 9:20 Eastern Time. One seed Kansas against eight seed North Carolina. The NBA is off this evening. Nets guard Ben Simmons will remain out for at least a couple more weeks. Soar back the problem. He will miss the play-in tournament, therefore, which starts April 12th. The players of the week are Denver's Nikola Jokic in the West and Atlanta's Trey Young in the East. Former coach Gene Shu passed away at the age of 90. He took two teams to the finals in the 1970s, Baltimore in 1971 and Philadelphia in 1977. Four NHL games tonight. The New Orleans Saints acquired a first-round draft choice from Philadelphia. Each team now has two first-rounders. The NFL draft starts April 28th. Cleveland signed punter Corey Bajorquez from Green Bay. Major League Baseball opening day is Thursday. I'm Steve DeSager. 
Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. They understand that life happens, and so do overdrafts from time to time. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask the CSB family about their overdraft coverage options, like an overdraft sweep, where they can automatically transfer your money from one account to another to cover overdrafts. Apply for a personal reserve account. That is a line of credit to cover overdrafts. Or ask about their new overdraft privilege program for qualifying accounts. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's world. Get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Subject to credit approval. Fees may apply. Member FDIC EHL. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Taking a look at your News Talk 1400 weather forecast. For tonight, you got a slight chance of a little bit of rain mixing with snow, kind of drizzly, but eventually it'll get cold enough just for flurries, low of 30 or minus 1. Tuesday, we'll start out with some flurries, otherwise cloudy, high of 43 or 6. Cloudy Tuesday night, low of 37 or 3. And Wednesday, heavy rains expected with a high of 45 or 7. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. Welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's move on to Major League Baseball. The regular season will begin on Thursday for the Detroit Tigers. It'll start on Friday afternoon at Comerica Park as the Tigers start a three-game set against the Chicago White Sox. The Tigers earlier today won in the spring training by the score of four to two and over the weekend butch we found out that one of the young stars or upcoming young stars first baseman spencer torkelson he has secured his spot on the opening day roster however another uh one of the young players uh with an injury there uh so they are bringing some of the young guns up butch uh, riley green uh the player that uh got injured over the weekend had a fracture on the bottom part of his right foot and will be out for next week's opening day and uh, likely beyond it uh, looks like that injury won't require surgery at this point according to manager aj hinch so we're starting to see more and more as far as the opening day roster set for the detroit tigers butch and you will be there on friday and over the weekend so uh give our our listeners a preview 
of the upcoming Detroit Tigers, a team that hopes to be competitive in the AL Central and uh, possibly uh, in contention for a playoff spot. You're going to see some different bases in the field with the Detroit Tigers this year there. You'll see some goodies from last year um, and some um, some new people for this year there. Uh, Baez at shortstop, he's going to be a mainstay hopefully there and not getting injured or anything. He can be with them the rest of the season. We mentioned Spencer Torkinson. Yeah, I do believe he's going to be the opening day first baseman there. Yeah. And Miguel Cabrera will be the designated hitter. Although uh, Miguel likes playing first base, and we're going to see him at times, uh, Torkelson, that is, be put at third base because I think that's the key spot that the Tigers will want him down the road a piece for the future there. Uh, again, a lot of... A lot of pieces, a lot of new kids coming up there. And don't be surprised through this season that the Tigers don't hesitate to bring more of those young kids up uh, earlier than later from Toledo and also from Western Michigan, per se, if something comes about there. It, 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 the feeling I got from Alavilla in some of the conversations that I've had with him is that this team should be ready to compete. They should, with the expansion of playoffs, be somewhat very competitive. Uh, I'm always the wait-and-see kind of guy yep. on that there. But, again, it, it, it will be good. Uh, things will be back to normal, at least for a while, I should say, as far as the crowd concerned, the partying, as, as you know. Opening day in Detroit is a holiday. Yep. Uh, they're not celebrating it officially yet, but it is a holiday. I see more stuff going on downtown Detroit than a hog going after slop there. So it's just going to be a good day, uh, pending the weather, of course, there, which right now rain is forecast for that particular day. So we'll look at the weather and also look at a lot of things, but everybody will be bundling up. Uh, on Friday for that particular game opening day. Certainly, Butch, after five consecutive losing seasons, uh, the Tigers made more off-seasons season moves than they have over the past few years. You look at the players they brought in, Javier Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez, Michael Pinata, Andrew Chafin, and Tucker Bernhardt. You also have a, you know, Spencer Torkelson coming up, uh, hopefully Riley Green in the near future, and you got a pretty young pitching staff. And, you know, usually when a team that is built around a young rotation, they'll only take you as far as the rotation will, but the Tigers are going to have to put up some runs as far as offensively, Butch, you know, you don't have, you know, maybe the, the biggest pop in the league as far as the Tigers offense, but is this offense good enough to carry this young pitching staff in your opinion that, you know, could struggle with, uh, you know, Mize and Scooble, you know, really needing to have a big seasons in my opinion for the Tigers to, you know, be in contention for the playoff spot. Is this offense good enough right now? I think Mize, I saw Scruble today here. And he looked, he looked good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, eight strikeouts and five innings there, and he didn't give up nothing, okay, for them to mess over there. Scruble would be one of their mainstay pitchers to me personally there. I don't think Rodriguez will be. I think Scruble will be like he was last year, only a little bit better. I think Casey Mize is going to be a lot better pitcher. He got all the – all the sand out of his shoes and everything. Uh, hopefully he will be the pitcher as advertised when we first got him. Uh, 
There's a lot of things to look at there. I don't think the the run system because you got Grossman, uh, you got Eric uh, hitting balls out of the park. You you got a lot more punch than I think a lot of people give them credit for. There, I think their biggest uh, concern will be again will be the pitching and definitely the bullpen. Okay, yeah. Uh, the pitching doesn't do what it should be doing. And I'm talking about the starters at least being able to go seven innings and maybe beyond that because we don't have too many coaches in these days and times look for a pitcher to go the whole nine innings there, and which I think is a shame because I think the young pitchers and pitchers are coming in the league now, they feel that they do six or seven innings, and that's all they have to do. And a shame on Major League Baseball for putting that that mystic of, of, of haze up in these kids' head there. Well, we got to see a lot more from the pitching staff there. I, and I think the biggest key will be the bullpen. The Tigers got to put shut people down when they get in trouble, and a lot better decisions have to be made by the by the manager per se in bringing those pitches on when needed to be. And Butch, we talked about the AL East and the Toronto Blue Jays with David McKeg Jr. Uh, just looking at the AL Central, Chicago, the team the Tigers will face Friday, uh, the odds-on favorite to win the division. Uh, we've seen Minnesota certainly uh, bolster up their team with some free agent moves. You also have the Cleveland Guardians, still getting used to saying that one in the mix. Kansas City, maybe not quite there yet. So, you know, on paper, Butch, and it's never solved on paper, nor should it, you know, Tigers seem to be kind of in the middle of that pack. And if things go right, it's, you know, it's a competitive division, but it's certainly not the best division in baseball. I think the Tigers have a shot. I think the most competitive, to me, personally, I think it's going to be the most competitive uh, uh, type of division to me because everybody's in the same mode. I don't think Chicago White Sox, as much as people want to talk about them and put them up on this pedestal there, is as good as maybe a Minnesota kid can be and also maybe as a Cleveland can be. They also got very good management staff there. They're building their team the right way by younger players. They're getting and making the trades that's going to give them some dividends and some mileage throughout the season. So, again, Chicago has to face the fact that all these teams that once upon a time people they were able to step on are going to be a lot better, a lot more competitive. So, no, I don't agree that uh, everybody should just pencil on in the Chicago White Sox. I just, I just don't think it's happening there. Not when uh, teams like Detroit, Cleveland, Kansas City, we haven't mentioned them too much. But, again, that's the sneaky Pete of the whole division there. If Kansas City gets a rolling, it's going to be a very, very tough and competitive division for throughout the whole year and throughout the league, per se. We will have Tigers baseball opening day from Comerica Park over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO on Friday afternoon, starting at 1230. Butch, before we go to our final break, let's talk about the NFL and the Detroit Lions. We mentioned last week the Lions getting the 2024 draft in downtown Detroit, as well as Hard Knocks, the series on HBO. will feature them during training camp in August. 
August into September. Uh, the Lions will have the number two pick in the upcoming NFL draft. We'll talk more about uh, possibilities over the next few weeks before the draft, but uh, that's all I got as far as the Detroit Lions. Uh, not a lot of news this week. What do you have? And you got no more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're making moves, uh, small little moves, I say the Detroit Lions is, and uh, <clears throat> The, in, in getting their stuff together and then some there. With, um, they're making some trades. They got, um, a couple of the players back who once upon a time were on the Lions in the earlier days. Uh, they got some of those players back. I don't have a list of all those players down there. I think the biggest thing this past weekend was Colin Kaepernick at the University of Michigan. There, Still has it. Uh, putting on, right, you know, uh, you know, putting on a show. Uh, in front of a lot of scouts there at University of Michigan, in front of a, a lot of uh, a good thirty-five thousand fans there to watch him uh, showcase his arm and some of the things that he can do. Again, he's trying to get back in the NFL, which I think is slim and none. I, I think they done bought him out, yeah. and they're going to keep it that way. But hopefully, maybe a coach or two will say, you know what. Uh, enough is enough. This guy has the ability and the talent. If we give him a shot, he might make things better for our particular team there. So, uh, you know, not too much in the NFL per se there. I think it's going to get really hopping, I think, about next week per se, when a lot of the, I think the biggest news today was the Saints and uh, another team. Eagles, yeah. Yeah, and the Eagles made those wholesale changes in the draft. Uh, giving up draft choices in order to get some ballot talent that they need there. And um, that was the biggest news today. But uh, we're not hearing too much out of the Lions camp there right now. Very quiet indeed after all that big news last week there. So we'll see them filtering in slowly but surely. Hopefully by next week we'll get a bigger grasp of what's going to be going on with the Lions. And hopefully we'll know certainly uh, what kind of draft pick they're going to go after there. Butch, we're going to take our final break of the night. When you and I come back, we still have more sports to cover, including the upcoming Masters, the World Cup draw, and, of course, WrestleMania. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. 
Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. They understand that life happens, and so do overdrafts from time to time. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask the CSB family about their overdraft coverage options, like an overdraft sweep, where they can automatically transfer your money from one account to another to cover overdrafts. Apply for a personal reserve account that is a line of credit to cover overdrafts, or ask about their new overdraft privilege program for qualifying accounts. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's world. Get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Subject to credit approval. Fees may apply. Member FDIC EHL. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 7.43 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's move on to men's soccer as both the United States men's national team and Canada have made the upcoming World Cup, which will be played starting in November in Qatar. And we had the World Cup draw on Friday. Uh, Team USA goes into Group B along with England, Iran, and the winner of the playoff in Europe. That one's still taking shape. Uh, Wales is through to the final. They will take on either Scotland or Ukraine, obviously, with what's going on in Ukraine, which is absolutely horrific. That one will not be played for some time, and maybe it won't be played at all. But U.S. will take on either Wales, Scotland, and Ukraine, along with England and Iran in their group. Canada, they are in Group F alongside Belgium, Croatia and Morocco so Butch both the U.S. and Canada in the World Cup at the same time for the first time ever and certainly uh, for us soccer fans and there are a few of us around here going to be an exciting winter in the World Cup well USA did one thing right in the last two years they went and got some kids out the street and it worked for them it worked very well for them after a year of uh, a good training and successful competition. Uh, it's paying dividends for the United States to watch some of their representatives go over and, and, and take part in the World Cup, uh, which for the first time is going to be played in the winter. Yes. And you can wonder why. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know uh, this is going to be very interesting to watch soccer in November. Not so much because we don't see it a lot here. Uh, we do see it. Uh, in Qatar, where basically there's a lot of rumblings going on about um, how people are being treated yep. there and uh, who, who shot John. But again, uh, it, it's just something to watch. It's something to get into. And again, I can't be ecstatic enough to 
watch the young United States team and find out how far they go there, okay? You know, these kids can't do nothing but get better with the right coaching and the right guidance. In four years, they'll be a lot better if they all keep the team together, per se, and they don't scatter around. But right now, it's a good thing for the United States and also for Canada, who basically I thought would have been in there four years ago, per se, but was not. But they have a very talented staff of kids in there. And they both went young again. So this is going to prove something to a lot of people around in both of these countries on how they recruit and how they do things. Uh, Not so much keeping the same old song and dance around, but bringing up some kids that deservedly – deserve a chance to be seen and uh, be given the opportunity. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an exciting World Cup, and like you said, Butch, in November and December, which is a lot different. It's always been played in the summer, and it really kind of wreaks havoc on the player's schedule because uh, in past World Cups, uh, their club teams aren't playing, and they'll be knee-deep in the Premier League and other leagues during the World Cup. And like you said, with the United States, uh, a very young team, and while they, they, they have a chance, I think, to advance through the group at least if things go their way, They're really setting up for the next World Cup in 2026, which will be hosted by the United States, Canada, and Mexico. So all those three teams are already guaranteed to be in the next World Cup in four years. So the future certainly is bright for U.S. men's soccer after uh, a bumpy few years not qualifying for the last World Cup. And the future is now for Canada. They've done a tremendous job with that program, bringing over their manager from the women's uh, team, who was very successful successful as well. So certainly uh, soccer uh, will be very exciting over the next few weeks and months. Uh, Butch, the Masters starting Thursday at Augusta, one of my favorite tournaments. Of course, all the publicity is, will Tiger Woods play? A game-time decision as far as if Tiger Woods will play, but uh, just your thoughts on the Masters. It's one that I always like watching. Again, a very busy sports season right now, but uh, your thoughts on the Masters. A lot of new faces, okay, yes. and well, not so much new faces, but a lot of new young faces coming into play and dominating uh, golf. And as so a Tiger was not in the in the mix for the last five hundred days or so, there we got to know and see some very good golfers take the reins, and it has been swapping back and forth from a Fleetwood to a Masazaki uh, to other golfers as well. Uh, it's been very competitive in the PGA this uh, this past season there. So I can't see it not be not be the thing. And the young man from Canton, Michigan, okay, who's an amateur, yeah. will be taking part in the Masters. He will not be eligible, though, to get the green jacket, but to play with the big guns there and winning the amateur competition, so that's going to be very exciting for that young man as well. Bush, I wanted to leave a little extra time at the end before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week to talk about WrestleMania 38 over this past weekend in Texas, a two-night event. Let's start with night one, and I'll go through the results, and uh, you can give your thoughts. I know you watched the whole thing. Uh, The SmackDown Women's Championship was won by Charlotte Flair over Ronda Rousey. Uh, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, back in the 
WWE. He defeated Seth Rollins. I thought the best match of the, the first night was Bianca Belair uh, defeating Becky Lynch, the new Raw Women's Champion. Miss Belair, the Miz and Logan Powell, Powell, Paul rather, excuse me, defeated Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio, Drew McIntyre over Happy Corbin, uh, the Usos win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships over Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boggs. And uh, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens, probably the uh, the highlight for many in the first night as uh, he was supposed to just appear on the KO show. And well, Stone Cold, after about 19 years, got back in the ring and uh, certainly the Stone Cold of old. Butch, WrestleMania 38, night one. What are some of your thoughts on some of those matches? Surprises, okay? Yeah. I guess it's a surprising thing. The Rick Bogues thing where he got injured and you got to see it. And the way he was holding his knee, I kind of share it because I have held my knee that way. And when you knew he was holding his knee a certain type of way, and I've been there and done that, you knew he was hurt. And that kind of shortened up the match a little taste there. But again, it was a pretty doggone competitive man with Shinsuke going in there, taking the reins and uh, beating the crap out of him before they pulled the whole dirty tricks on him. The Cody Rhodes situation was a huge surprise yep. because I thought he would go to uh, Japanese wrestling right now. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Cody Rhodes' contract was not renewed or was in negotiation in February, and they could not come to agreement. So Cody Rhodes and his wife left the AEW and his position that he held there as a vice president in charge of this, that, and the other. And it shocked me huge that uh, the WWE picked him up. It was rumors going around that Vince McMahon was talking to Cody Rhodes, a lot of us did not, and I'm one who didn't, did not pay attention to it at all because, again, there was a lot of strong talk that Cody Rhodes would take his talents to Japanese wrestling and some other doggone conglomerates as well. He didn't do it. He said it was an easy pick for him to do, and it was, it came in grand. It shocked a lot of people out there to see Cody Rhodes in, as soon as in WrestleMania there, but it was a pretty good match indeed there. The Charlotte Flair match. You, you couldn't say enough of that one. Uh, but, again, I thought better results could have been had. Uh, I was rooting for Ronda Rossi, of course. Uh, the, uh, Bianca Belair was the instant classic match yes. in the whole situation that particular night. Uh, it showed it, it showed it, some dividends in that match. Uh, you, you will probably see something again in another six months. It's not surprising. Becky Lynch is very... Um, sincere about being a mother and spending time with a kid, so it was about the time for her to take a little uh, brief type of time out, and you might see her here and there, but not too much lately. As a growing mother as she is right now, and a freshly married person, uh, she's going to look at family first there. Uh, the second night, ooh, boy, that was pretty exciting as well there. Um, I like the I did like the match between Roman Reigns and um and my friend there who basically took it on the chin, but there wasn't no interference and stuff going on there, and I kind of liked it that much in that kind of way. Uh, <clears throat> I think the the match that, that took me by surprise was when Steve Austin came out with Vince McMahon <laughs> took off his shirt. Yeah, seventy six. <laughs> 
And really and truly, uh, that young man did not have to take the rear end kicking that he took from Vince McMahon. You, we all know that, okay? He could have picked him up and threw him in the second row of 100 miles or something there. But it, it played itself out as well as Steve Austin come out and again whipped him behind and threw some beer around and gave them a chance of 15, 20 minute delay there to get the last match going. But again, uh, judgment between WrestleMania 1 and 2, I give it a B, B plus, okay? It was really a very good put together show. Yeah, I thought so as well. Uh, certainly lots of surprises. Uh, just seeing Mr. McMahon in the ring and then getting a stunner from Stone Cold. Uh, certainly one of the highlights for me, Butch, as well mm-hmm. as uh, Edge, AJ Styles. You know, you got kind of the, the the heel edge, and I really like what they're doing with him. And, you know, anytime you can bring the brood and any sort of that back into the mix, I'm I'm a big fan of. And how about uh, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn? That match had a little bit of everything. Uh, just the biggest mousetrap I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Butch, and all the props worked. Too. Yeah, they and did. Yeah, they came out, slapped the crap out of them. I think that was a shocker indeed because I didn't see it coming. Shoot. And Butch coming up in five minutes. The Raw after WrestleMania always a must-watch if you're a wrestling fan, isn't it? <laughs> Gotta see it. Butch, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Uh, I don't have any thumbs down this week. I have a very big double thumbs up to my mom and dad, Roy and Janet Nason. Yesterday, Butch, they celebrated their golden anniversary, 50 years as a married couple. I've been around for about 47 and a half of those years, I might add. So mom and dad, I know you're listening tonight, and I told you this yesterday, but very happy anniversary to you. Uh, You have made me the parent and person that I am, and I'm very thankful to have you as parents and may many, many more years to come. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Let me wipe my tears off. <laughs> you like that one. Yes, yes. Putting up with Scott Nason. That's, uh, that's a big part of it right there, Butch. heck of a guy here. Uh, <laughs> really, I, you know, I don't, the biggest thumbs down I got is, again, the treatment that the Women's Championship got. It was not put on national television there. I have a very big peeve on that there. They got to do something about that. <clears throat> a lot of people complain. I'm with them here, okay? ABC should have carried that game in its entirety and, and gave those women the exposure that they really need. So a lot of young ladies and girls can uh, kind of not, not so much passion themselves in there, but see themselves in the same light that uh, – they might want to see themselves down the future, um, down the road a piece there. And it comes down also to TBS, not for being a good station, right. but again, that could have been flopped over to national television as well there. That's NCAA, got to get it together. Um, thumbs down. Uh, I already did that. I don't have no thumbs up this week. I really don't here. You know, I can't complain about the weather <clears throat> because it is what it is. So, no thumbs up this week here. Butch, we got a couple minutes left. A brand new edition of Butch on Sports last night, which you can find on your webpage, Simply Butch 2. That's com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook, as well as our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. I know you're gearing up for opening day at Comerica Park. What's ahead for Butch on Sports this week? 
gearing up at Fuck America Park, which is going to be <laughs> a cold and lonely one there. But <clears throat> I, I'm quite sure we're going to see a lot of fans out there downtown and whatnot there. Asking everybody to please <clears throat> be safe. Be please be safe. Uh, have fun, but please be safe there. And uh, many areas that we need to be safe about there. Okay, and that's including crime and anything else, including wearing a mask if you have to. I will be wearing a mask down there, regardless of what people say. And uh, if it makes you feel that comfortable to do so, please continue to do so there. Um, I'll put you on sports this week. Not so much, but we'll, we'll probably be getting into talking about the men's uh, tournament. We'll talk uh, definitely about the hockey tournament that's upcoming. And we'll also be talking about the past uh, basketball tournament that's happening tonight with the men's against Kansas and North Carolina there. So that and getting ready for the Tigers, I guess, you know. Uh, and anything else kept flying our way, which it keeps flying in by the second. Butch, always a pleasure having you on our show. Have a great week and looking forward to your coverage. First-hand account of all the sports that people watch up here at the Detroit teams and others. Butch, have a great and safe week, my friend, and we will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game. Okay, thank you. That's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank Butch Davis along with co-host David McKeg Jr. and our special guest, all from the Sioux Eagles, Doug LaProd, Sam Holy, and Hayden Daka. Again, we'll have Sioux Eagles hockey this weekend, games one and two of their Western semifinals against the Greater Sudbury Cubs. Uh, Friday night, 7-15, Saturday, 6-45 right here on News Talk 1400. We will have NCAA Men's Basketball Championship coming up right after our show as Kansas will take on North Carolina. That one's set to tip around 9-20, 9-17, whatever the heck, close around that time. Thanks for listening tonight. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com. It's time for a special presentation of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships here on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie.